0: Welcome to the Difference Makers podcast presented by Waterproof. I'm your host, Justin Tamani. In this podcast, you'll hear from some of the top coaches, brand managers, and athletes on earth. From starting out to where they are now, we'll explore the journey of how they became a Difference Maker. Before we keep going, do us a favor, hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform to hear more from the Difference Makers. There we go. All right, we're live. So, welcome, guys. This is the Difference Makers podcast. I have with us today Dr. Jessica Metcalf. She is the alchemist dentist who specializes in not just dentistry, but has become a public speaker and an advocate on burnout, imposter syndrome, and perfectionism, and at home and in the workplace. Um, so, welcome to the show. Thanks
1: so much for having me. <laughs>
0: Um, I just want to start off by asking how you got into this all. Give me a little bit about your background. You're a dentist by trade, but you've kind of changed your career path just a little bit here.
1: Mm-hmm. So it was a few years ago. I to start. I graduated from dental school in 2015, and a couple of years out, I started to realize that I was underestimating my own abilities, explaining away my successes and overworking to the point of exhaustion where I was just wishing away the next 25, 35 years of my career, hoping I make it to retirement. And so when I asked for help, I recognized then that I was in the middle of what We would then label it now as my third burnout. And at that same time, I was diagnosed with clinical depression and a generalized anxiety disorder. And I realized that I felt like an absolute failure. I had gone through this entire profession and thought that I needed to tough it out and thought that I couldn't share what was happening in my life. And coming from me being a very driven, competitive, high-achieving individual, that's one of the reasons why I felt like such an, such a failure. And so when I started to get the help that I needed, I ended up down a massive research rabbit hole where I started to figure out, okay, what is happening with me in regards to my personality, being that high achiever, that driven, that competitive person. And that's when I started to notice I was experiencing imposter syndrome, perfectionism, and ultimately the combination of both of those things can ultimately lead to burnout. And so when I started to recognize what was happening with me, I started to reach out to colleagues and even friends. And I was thinking, okay, I don't know if I feel comfortable yet sharing this stuff, but I'm going to ask for a friend. And what I started to realize is I wasn't alone in this. Other people felt the same way. It's just no one felt comfortable talking about it. So I thought, well, if no one's going to talk about it, I now have all this research. I then started to look into becoming a life coach and then, of course, with me, I love education and just trying to figure out different ways to explain things. I thought this is the perfect way for me to get this information out there because there is such a stigma associated with it.
0: Definitely is. I want to kind of circle back and touch on a few things you said. There. Mm-hmm. One of the first things that caught my mind is you said that was your third burnout. <sighs> yeah. So when you said third burnout, this isn't like a phase. This is the third time that you noticed that it happened to you.
1: Yeah. The first two times... I didn't know enough about burnout to actually classify it as burnout. But retrospectively, looking back at my dental school experience, I remember in second year, like very vivid that there was a moment in time that I probably should have asked for help, but didn't know what was happening or what I was experiencing. And I'd gone to school in Boston. And so it's really easy to hop on like one of the ferries and go check out one of like the smaller islands out there. And I was with friends and we were checking out one of these islands and it was like a little bit of a hike. And I remember climbing the mountain and I remember just stopping at one point and thinking, wow, I'm just really excited to be back in my bed. I'm just tired. Like I just didn't really want to be there. And so when I reflect back, looking at that, I remember that like vision or that memory so vividly at that point in time that I was like, Oh, that was not a good phase. But Again, you're just you're going through the motions. You're feeling like you have to be getting up at five o'clock in the morning. You have your routine. You have to stick to it. You you wear exhaustion almost as a badge of honor, and that's what our society and culture uh, promote at this point in time. Yeah, but we shouldn't wait until we're breaking to be able to take a break.
0: Yeah, there's a. There's a lot about like hustle culture and, yes. and always grinding and and constantly working and doing more and more and more. Yeah. But that, I mean, you said that this was in the middle of dental school, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. where you're in a place where you're probably at like the peak of, I have to do this. I mm. have to hit, hit these markers, get these marks in order to be successful or even to get an opportunity yeah. to move on to the next year or stage in your career. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's the first time. And you you vividly remembered that feeling and that, you know, that, but you didn't touch on it at the time. What did you do at the time?
1: So, I, again, I just kind of went through the motions. I figured, okay, I'll eventually get enough sleep or I'll eventually make enough time for myself. But what I realized is, is that exactly where you said, being that hustle culture, so when we surround ourselves by the exact same thing and we don't, take a step back and look at what's actually going on and what we need on an individual basis. You just kind of keep going. And so when I got to graduation and there was a different change in scenery, I think that that's when I noticed there was a bit of a shift, but then there was a whole new level of exhaustion with that next chapter in my life. So when I, 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 honestly, looking back, going from that second, because the middle of dental school was my second burnout. Actually, the first one looking back was middle of undergrad. And it's when you're just burning yourself at both ends and thinking that, okay, if I give up sleep and go do this and be productive and consistently be productive, because rest means I'm not productive then I'll eventually build myself back up again to be able to get to that person that I need to be, or get to that person, that culture society needs me to be. But ultimately rest is just as productive as you being productive and doing the work that you need to do. And so the transition for me when I switched because being in school for so long, you live by semesters. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so you get to a point where all of a sudden you get to graduation and then there's this massive change, and you're just like, oh my God, I have the next 25, 35 years of my career with no breaks. Meanwhile, all the breaks before that were semesters. So probably looking back, because there was like an end of something and then a changeover mentally, I had that physical shift. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that I was taking care of myself the way that I needed to, to be the best person and show up healthy, both mentally and physically.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. And then now, okay. So you've gone through your yeah. other phases of it. What did you do to make that change for yourself to get you to that point with either with work or after school or, yeah. cause you've been, we didn't get into too much about what you do in dentistry. Mm-hmm if you want to touch on that, you, you have a pretty intense, uh, position.
1: So little different from from the usual dentistry. So I'm a general dentist to oncology patients and I fell in love with it and didn't think it was, I actually didn't even realize it was an avenue that existed in dentistry. And when I ended up there and in the cancer center for five years I it it was absolutely amazing and the great thing about it is I was not only teaching patients and helping patients through what they were going through they shared so many life experiences with me and that also played into me understanding how I needed to start taking care of myself And I think that in our lives, unless we've gone through kind of something shitty or you have a diagnosis of cancer or something really big is going on, we don't take the time to reflect on what our needs are to be able to make that shift for what we need both mentally and physically. And so again, I would get into that grinding mindset of I need to prove myself to Looking back, I don't know who I was proving myself to, right? Yeah. And going through that motion. And for me, it was super easy for for uh, exercise to kind of just get left out, right? Yeah. Where in dentistry in particular too, our backs are so important because of the ways that we do dentistry. And yet for me, I was just like, oh, I'm young. I'll figure it out later on. But you have to take care of yourself. Otherwise, you'll get to a point where... You're either in pain or now it's rehab instead of prevention. And that's really important. And then from the mental perspective, I realized that I was just numbing. And what I mean by numbing is when you experience numbing behaviors or get stuck in numbing behaviors, this is when you're trying to escape reality. And what that is, is things like excessive shopping, scrolling on social media, binge watching TV, even excessively going to the gym at times. And what ends up happening is you take on those behaviors to avoid that uncomfortable feeling or that uncomfortable thought that you don't want to experience. So it's a way of keeping busy, but it's also a way just to kind of zone out. So. I'm not talking about the fact, like if you have a really awesome TV show that you want to go watch that you super look forward to, and that at the end of it you're replenished, you're re-energized, then yeah, totally do it. Yeah. But if you're walking away and you're still exhausted, and you're like, damn, I never feel rested, then it's time to start to take a look at what those behaviors that you've incorporated into your current lifestyle are.
0: Yeah. And I think that I think we start to see that a lot with different i mean in the in the world of fitness i think that a lot Ooh. of people have replaced other addictions and things like that with fitness and it's yeah. just become this constant i guess change of behaviors but it's in a different fashion 100% when when we're talking about things like i mean imposter syndrome and and burnout in CrossFit specifically. And in this Mm -hmm. environment, I see it all the time where people are just putting their heads down and going to the gym and doing this thing over and over and over with the expectation that they're going to be getting to this certain level Yeah. where there's no promise of, of ever making it to that level. And it becomes this grind and this chase of something that may not even exist for them, may not have the potential to exist for them.
1: Yeah. It's hard because we're our own worst critic right? And so being in fitness, being in sports and stuff like that, that it's, it's a competitive nature to begin with, right? So it's one of the reasons why I love jujitsu. And I'm my own competitor, because I just keep wanting to do better and better and better, right? So and I totally get that. And you can leave a session, thinking that that was the worst session ever, I'm never going to improve, I'm stuck here. And you can get into your own mind, but that's actually preventing you from learning and growing. And so I want to touch on imposter syndrome for a second, where it's the feeling of self doubt coupled with the feeling that you're going to be found out. So that's when you feel like you shouldn't be the one who's there. And so a part of what ends up happening is is that in order to motivate yourself, you use what we call your inner critic voice, which is someone who's very negative, who's full of believable lies, who tells you you suck and beats you up. And it's a way to try to motivate yourself, but there's so many other better ways to motivate yourself. And so one of the ways that I like to coach my clients is to look at how you choose to speak to yourself. If you wouldn't use that language that you're using with yourself, with a friend or a family member, then why is it okay to speak to yourself like that? The same area in the brain gets activated as if you're speaking to yourself, so having a conversation in your head or going over a problem or whatever it is, reading in your head, same voice gets activated, same part of the brain gets activated as if you're having a full conversation with someone outside, which means we hear it just as loud.
0: That's a key thing to remember, is that we hear that just as loud. And I know I'm a, I'm a person that that's very critical of myself and and what I do. Mm -hmm. And I've been ever since following you, I I have to take a step back and think about these things and and the way that I speak to myself because the way that I know I've spoken to myself is not how I would speak to anybody else. Right. And that's a, that's a funny thing to think about.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We, and it's amazing. I don't. Until I actually understood what I was doing, I would convince myself, and this goes into the perfectionism mindset of, okay, well, it keeps me humble, it motivates me, it challenges me, I like to stay organized, I like to be perfect, and I don't like to have mistakes. But that's the problem is because then I'm stuck in the fact that, well, I can't do things if I'm not organized. I can't get started if things aren't perfect. I always have to keep on achieving, right? But when I motivate myself and then it's like, well, you suck at dentistry. You suck at jujitsu. You shouldn't be doing this. There's something better out there or there's someone who's better out there than I am at this, but it's growth, it's growth, it's learning. And what the research has shown is that if you speak to yourself and you're kind and give yourself the permission to grow and to make mistakes and learn, you actually do so much better. Your results will actually be that much better.
0: Yeah. There was a, a thing that you said in there about, but you said, I'm waiting for the perfect time to start. Yeah. And I think that that's something that a lot of people set themselves up for, for failure. Like I'm going to start Monday. I'm going to start tomorrow. I'm going to start, but, mm-hmm. And j- just go is what I've given myself that like there's no good time it's just like (laughs) if you're if you're there just go just go go. to the gym start start somewhere and build Mm -hmm. and I tell my clients this all the time they're like oh well like you know I can't do this like I'm not ready for the gym like I need to lose weight first whatever it's like no like just start
1: right (laughs) It's exactly, that makes no sense to me when someone says that, where they're like, I need to lose weight before I can get to the gym. And it's like, but that's the whole point of going to the gym, right? That it's taking care of yourself, but we've convinced ourselves on a whole different level that we're not a priority, that I can't put myself first right now, and that I need to something has to be perfect in order. Like the stars need to align. Everything needs to come together before I can actually put myself out there and do what I need to do. But the thing is, is that if all of a sudden you get that instinct where you're like, oh, I'm going to start Monday, start right now. If you yeah. feel that, right? Because Monday is going to come and it's not the motivation that's going to get you started. It's when you don't feel like doing something and you start it, then the motivation comes. So it's like the chicken, which came first, the chicken or or the egg, right? You have to get started. You have to do something in order to then feel motivated. And that doesn't mean that you need to all of a sudden jump into it and be lifting or doing the most extensive stuff. If in that moment you feel like you're ready, go for a walk. Go drop to the ground, do five push-ups right now or do 10 sit-ups, whatever it is. Just to then activate that brain to be like, yes, I am ready. I'm going to do this. So then when Monday does come or whatever day of the week that you choose to start, it's, okay, I've already actually started it. This is the second time, the third, fourth, that I'm actually (laughs) getting myself going.
0: Yeah. And it can be just a little thing like what you said, like start doing a couple push pushups, start doing something, Mm -hmm. go for a walk, get outside, but just start breaking that habit. Yeah. Just start breaking whatever zone you're in.
1: Yeah. And don't think that you need to progress rapidly like really immediately and I think that that's the biggest thing is I was just having a conversation with a friend about this where he had been displaced from running for a while and so he started to get back into it and so his first day out he felt like really good and he's like oh man I did 5k today tomorrow I'm gonna do 10k and then he did 10k and he was completely winded and had to take like a few days off and he even knows he's like I should have done 5k for like five days and then maybe changed it right but again, that's that competitive, innate nature inside of us where we consistently want to be pushing ourselves. But pushing yourselves to be consistent at the same level is just as hard as moving up to that next level.
0: Oh, 100%. And we see this all the time with people in the CrossFit environment. Mm-hmm. Of, we kind of see two ends of the spectrum is the, the high-end competitors and the people who are just getting started. Yeah. The people who are just getting started see the high-end competitors and go, well, I'll never get there. It's like, well, you just, you started, you haven't done this before. You you literally just walked in the gym today. Or I guess there's the opposite of people who have been away from the sport, like you said, for a little while, and they come back Mm -hmm. and they're like, well, I used to be able to do this. So then they start to beat themselves up and have that negative talk about not being able to meet their previous best or whatever, even though they took time off. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to tell somebody that like, no, you are where you are right now. You earned where you are right now. Mm -hmm. If it's injury, if it's training, you earned where you are right now. So the only time, the only way you can get to where you want to be is put that time in. Exactly.
1: Oh my goodness. Case in point is just recently. So I just got back into jujitsu because of COVID, right? So Mm -hmm. things were put on the back burner. And I remember my first day of jujitsu a few years ago. And I remember walking in and it's like I didn't even realize certain body parts were like attached to certain areas (laughs) with like your movements and stuff. I have never been so humbled in my entire life because I felt like I legitimately was starting from something scratch. For the majority of things, I feel like you you have skills that are completely transferable. You just find a way on how they fit in. And it's like, oh, my goodness, I have no clue what to do. And then this time around, because of COVID and I had taken the time off for a year and a half and getting back into it, there was some muscle memory there, but because of what I've been practicing with my mental fitness, it was one of those things where I told myself before I even got there, you're going to be kind to yourself and you're going to give yourself permission to start from level zero again, knowing that you're going to build and grow still. So it doesn't matter that you haven't done it for the last year and a half, but you're going to go in. And you know what? I walked away from that first session so excited and so refreshed that I was really excited to then go to the next. Meanwhile, old Jessica would have gone into it, beat herself up, told her that, man, you should have been solo training this entire time. Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Right? It's so easy to head down that path instead of praising yourself for, being kind to yourself.
0: Yeah. And that, that mental state, I mean, puts you in a great place to go back and to achieve more in the next Mm -hmm. session and to, to push yourself in the next session or months of training, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. But jujitsu is also, and you know, very similar to CrossFit is a sport where like you can always get better at something.
1: Exactly.
0: There is no ceiling. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I think these things fit very closely together.
1: 100%. The sports world is so interesting because we can see the physicality on athletes. We can see strength on athletes, right? You want to build your muscles. You do so many reps. You eat well. And then over a period of time, you start to see these changes, right? But we can't see those changes in our brain. So mental fitness is just as important as physical fitness, And we need to practice. So you can't show up to CrossFit games not having trained whatsoever, expecting to win. Right? Same thing goes for your mental training. You need to practice before you actually get to that point. So then you can use all of those exercises and techniques for your mental fitness game as well.
0: Yeah. This is the first time that I think I've heard so many athletes talk openly around the CrossFit Games about working with mental performance coaches. That's amazing. And yeah. I know of at least, I mean, I say three off the top of my head right now, but more than that have openly spoken about their mental performance coaches and mm-hmm. how they work together to set themselves up for um, competition, for training, mm-hmm. for each individual event, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm and I think that this is a shift in the culture around sports that we're starting to see, but right now that's, you know, that's at the top, top, but these points in this information that applies to everybody. Who's just walking to the gym. Yeah. You know, walking in those doors. Sometimes it's just, you know, all of this is, is very applicable to them and and how they treat themselves.
1: Mm -hmm. It's so true. It's, But you know what? It's a a starting point because we're able to then start to have these more open conversations about being vulnerable and sharing those doubts and the fears. Because before, it was so taboo to even think that, what do you mean you need a mental health performance person to help brain train before you go to the games? Like, you're just a star athlete to begin with, right? Now it's, well, no, there's a component of it that we don't necessarily see that's happening and it's not just getting active rest where you're sleeping and you're taking a break instead of, and and allowing your muscles to rest, but it's now also treating your brain in a way that allows you to push yourself beyond a point that you even thought was imaginable.
2: Yeah.
0: And that's, uh, I think, you know, you're going to start to see a lot more of that being open to the public.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I spoke with one of the mental performance coaches of a CrossFit Games athlete, and we were mm-hmm. talking about clients and clientele and things like that. And he's like, yeah, it's it's hard to promote myself because I can't use my clients' names because they don't want that out there. hundred percent. People don't yeah. want it. There's a stigma around it, right? Where like there's something wrong with you if you have a mental performance coach, but realistically right. it's they're not there's nothing wrong with you you're you're helping benefit yourself you're helping to increase your performance by focusing on these other factors
1: Mm -hmm. okay so this is where and again because i'm so open about all this stuff i feel i can totally feel what you're sharing from that performance coach as as well and the thing is is that or the example that i like to give is let's say someone's in a car accident Okay. And they break their leg in a bunch of different places. They're in a cast. They need to be in a cast for eight weeks and then they need to do rehab on the fourth week. You're not going to go to them and say, Hey, why aren't you walking yet? Right? No. So why would you think that you changing your mind, right? If you've been doing one way for so long and it's been that negative voice, it's going to take time to be able to change that. So what makes you think that, then same thing with having a doctor, having a rehab person, having all those other people in order to help this person from a physical point get to where they need to go. What makes you think you can't have the exact same resources for your brain as well?
0: One hundred percent. I couldn't agree more with you, and I think that that's I I couldn't agree more. Hey, I like, love it. I love all it. I'll have that we should all have those resources. But I think that the problem is, is the stigmas that are out there. I
1: know. And I think
0: that this yeah. conversation helps to, to break that. But yeah, like just, just having conversations, everybody's opinion around mental health is so different. Mm-hmm. There's a lot about, you know, mental health awareness right now. And, you know, then some people are like, well, that's just phony, or that's fake, or whatever. Right. But it's, There's a there's real issues around this, and Mm -hmm. I think that this is where a lot of your background came from too. Is when you started in dentistry, you just didn't have anybody to talk to. You didn't know who to talk to.
1: Mm -hmm. That was honestly that was the scary part of it. And there's a lot of noise when it comes from like the culture, the society, both CrossFit as well as dentistry, as well as regardless of wherever you're in. Because there's always going to be certain people who have a really loud voice in regards to. Mental health really doesn't matter. You should be able to tough it out. Why is it taking so long for you to get over this? But there are individuals out there similar to having conversations like this, and you just really need to find it. So I recommend that when you start to open up to have those conversations, you don't need to express everything all at once. Share something small with someone so then you can start to build your your trust squad and then at that point in time, you can start to then open up a little bit more. And the only way to break down barriers associated with mental health or even shame or blame or the judgment that we have on ourselves is to have conversations about them. And at that point in time, it doesn't feel as scary because someone is going through something very similar and can relate to you as well.
0: Yeah. I think that there's a lot of people that can relate to these things, especially, I mean, in sport and fitness, that just don't talk about it. Yeah. You know, talking about going into a CrossFit gym every day and speaking with members and other athletes and things around, like, performance and body image issues. And, like, everybody has something. Mm -hmm. Just how they they portray it and how they vocalize it is very different.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. That's exactly that's,
0: it. That's a tricky thing too, is, is like everybody's got something that they're chasing for themselves. And this, I think, is where you, we talk about perfectionism is like, there is no perfect. There's no perfect, perfect performance. Oh there's no perfect body. There's no perfect mindset.
2: Mm-hmm. There's
0: there's the best you can do that day. And there's there's a, a journey, but it's we're on this journey. We're not like running a hundred meter race where we know where the end is.
1: Mm-hmm. No, it's so true. Perfection is such a perspective because what you define perfection and what I define as perfection are not the same thing, right? So, how can we actually put perfection or give it an objective definition? We can't. It's almost as if it's like a feeling, just like success is a feeling, happiness as a feeling, anger, sadness. Like, perfection is just that. And so, if we try to eliminate the word and you strive for excellence, you do your best, you show up with what you can for today, then you've done what you've needed to do. But trying to eliminate the word perfection altogether is so hard. So I totally get it. But I think by giving yourself the permission to show up and be you and give your best for today, I think that's more than enough.
0: Yeah. I agree. What would you tell all the the athletes out there who are mm-hmm. experiencing that burnout and, and potentially don't know that they're experiencing the burnout? What would you give them? What what piece of advice would you give them? Or how would you direct them to taking that step back to be able to realize where they are and, and how to improve upon that?
1: Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of different um, avenues that you can kind of go around when trying to understand what you're experiencing and if it truly is burnout. So if you're feeling emotionally exhausted, uh, so feeling of fatigue and then it's coupled with depersonalization or cynicism. So you're kind of really irritable. There's a decrease in empathy. um, You're kind of snapping on everybody And then you feel like there's a lack of personal accomplishment. So you feel like you're stuck or that you're never going to amount to anything or finding it hard to get going in the morning and it's hard to get out of bed. Then really take a look at what's happening in and around you and start to build that self-awareness. And that's one of the first things is paying attention and listening to what you need, both from a physical and a mental standpoint. And then once you start to become aware of how you're choosing to speak to yourself, what does your rest look like? How often are you exercising? What is going on in and around you? Did you just go through something challenging and you haven't given yourself the time to process whatever it may be? And then after that sit down and I really know that journaling can come across as, Oh, this is really cheesy. I don't want to sit down. I don't want to do this. But one of the first things with burnout is that You may feel extremely overwhelmed. And when you're trying to unpack those overwhelming feelings, your brain is doing what it needs to do. It's thinking. If it wasn't thinking, then you'd be dead. So the whole point of thinking and overthinking and processing and problem solving, that's all normal. But sometimes when our mind is running a mile a minute, it's hard to calm down. So journaling. And when I mean by journaling, meaning sit down, grab a post note, grab a piece of paper. doesn't have to be a full journal or anything. And it's just putting pen to paper actually helps you calm down because your thoughts have to slow in order for you to write. So this is where I try to separate being like, you shouldn't be texting it or typing it out. Slow the overwhelm by jotting it down. And when you start to do that, it's this instant calming factor that happens inside the body. And then when you can actually view what's on your piece of paper, you can figure out what's urgent, what's important. What do you need to do right now? What's bothering you? Yeah. And then from there, knowing that burnout is gradual, it happens over time, and it's complex and dynamic, which means it's not going to just all of a sudden go away, but it is mm-hmm. completely reversible and treatable. So now it's just putting those things into place that you absolutely need, whether it is asking for help from a trained professional, like family physician or a psychologist, or even reaching out to different coaches, whether it's your coach at the gym or a mental performance coach. And those are how you then take those next stages. But the first one is to start to create awareness. Why am I exhausted? Why am I feeling this way? What is happening in my life that I've kind of maybe just put on the back burner?
0: I love that. That's great. I think the, the writing and the journaling and, and slowing yourself down mm-hmm. just keeps you more present in the moment and more present with the days. And I know when I, you know, I'm going through some tough stuff, like I prefer to write, like you said, pen to paper mm-hmm. as opposed to typing it out or sending a text or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But that pen to paper is just a very calming thing for me. And I, I, I agree with you right there.
1: Yeah, it's, it's the starting process. Mm-hmm. And that's where I find people can feel overwhelmed. Same thing, just starting back at the gym or starting where, where do I begin? And the same thing goes with burnout is trying to understand, okay, what do I specifically need? And then it starts then you start to build a self-care recipe. And the reason why I call it a recipe is because each one of our ingredients are going to be completely different. So what do you need? And when we talk about self-care, because I know that there's like a whole bunch of stuff out in the culture, because we're seeing people are talking about mental health, but then I feel like there's some misinformation that's getting out there and stuff. So sometimes when we see self-care, it's Taking a bath and facials and this and that and stuff. And yeah. I remember when I was going through it, I was like, <laughs> I hate baths.
2: <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm more stressed than anything. And so, if a bath doesn't work for you, then don't do it, but find what works for you. It's adding back in those creative outlets that you can go and calm down in a sense that your brain is still going to be problem solving in the background unconsciously while you're partaking in this creative outlet. And that could be yeah. anything, anything yeah. that you want it to be.
0: Yeah, that self-care part, that's that's important to know. It can be whatever you want it to be. Yes. And everybody treats that differently. Mm-hmm. But just to take that time and to go through those steps and to do what you need to do for you, not worrying about other people
2: mm-hmm. or what other
0: people tell you is self-care.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. You can start to look at what others are doing or google stuff whatever's out there Mm -hmm. but if it doesn't fit you cross it off the list tell yourself you've tried it move on to the next thing yeah it's like reading a book if you get three chapters in and you hate the book put the book away you don't need to you don't need to finish reading the book right yeah so that's how that's how you build your self-care recipe and once you have enough in there when those shit days happen because Shit days are still gonna happen, right? It's this things aren't gonna be rainbows and unicorns and sunshine all the time, right? It's it's the understanding that when those days happen, I now have a toolkit full of all these healthy habits that I can now lean on that are a part of my self-care recipe.
0: I love that. All right. On that note, where can everybody find you? Where's the where can we find you on online?
1: Awesome. So uh, you can find me on my website, which is www.drjessicametcalf.com. Or you can check me out on social media platforms under the name, The Alchemist Dentist.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us. And uh, we will talk to you soon. And hopefully we'll implement some of those strategies in the future.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much for having <laughs> me. All
0: right. Thanks a lot. Take care.
2: Every training session introduces a series of questions. Am I happy with my performance? Where could I have gone faster? When will I be ready to go again? For Wadproof Pro athletes, also this question What can I learn from that workout? With a Wadproof Pro subscription, you gain access to a complete training toolbox from a full featured exercise log to side by side comparisons to the ability to record your heart rate right alongside your rounds and reps. You have at your fingertips everything you need to learn to make progress, and to go into tomorrow's training more prepared than today's. The best athletes are the best students, and with your Wadproof Pro subscription, you will have in your pocket the education you need to elevate your training and uncover the many lessons that every single workout offers you. Subscribe today so you can get better tomorrow.